Welcome to today's podcast, Fernando Alcoholic, November the 12th, Daily Reflections. Let's open this meeting with a serenity prayer, please. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Did I say change instead of accept? Why? I don't know. Well, let's just use change for today. If it works, more to it, more blessings to us, huh? We've got to get up, get on them, and get after it. And consider these words and um, accept them, and a change will happen. That's what happened to me, folks. A 12-step program is full of men and women I have committed and decided that enough is enough and to help the other newcomer. That's our legacy and that's the way our higher power in unity and love keeps us together solidly with the principles and, and having love take the lead. Love and tolerance take the lead. Here we go. Morning thoughts. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. Alcoholics Anonymous, page 164. Okay, let's go ahead and ask him. Okay, let's close our eyes and say, God, what can I do for my fellow man, for my fellow prisoner? I can write a letter. I know someone that's in jail and my letter came back. What can I do for my fellow man? Well, I can brush my teeth, take a shower, look good, and full of good words when I go to the meeting. Um, Exercise. I can exercise my soul, my body, my mind, and be vibrant when I'm with somebody, not full of uh, toxic uh, laziness, watching videos all night long, half asleep, and not giving any kind of energy you know what I mean. You know what I'm talking about. What do you call it? Masturbation of the brain. There's no no substance. Only only criticizing. Let's build ourselves up. I can do this for another person is build myself up and, and go to the meeting fully alive, fully energy. We got a God of understanding. That's putting uh, bread on the table. And my gratitude says, I'm vibrant because of my gratitude. I can see, I can hear, I can taste, I can believe. There's a God. And he, we have his approval, folks. That gets me excited. I have God's approval. I don't know when you have ever got been caught on the dead of night of not having anything of God and it's so dark and you know he doesn't approve of your actions the force of good that created this earth has in this program approve our actions he has love and tolerance for us an incredible amount of love and tolerance that produces a vibrant good life Uh, we ask him, thank you, thank you, Heavenly Father, thank you, 
higher power for giving us a burning desire to do something for somebody, to live in the 12th step. Here we go. Daily Reflections. For many years, I pondered over God's will for me. Many years. Believing that perhaps a great destiny had been ordained in my life. After all, having been born of a specific faith, hadn't I been told early that I was chosen? It finally occurred to me as I considered the above passage that God's will for me was simply that I practiced step 12 on a daily basis. Furthermore, I realized I should do this to the best of my ability. I soon learned that the practice aids me in keeping my life in the context of the day ahead. I soon learned that the practice aids me in keeping my life in the context of the day at hand. And I'm going to, amen. And I'm going to go ahead and read uh, today's Proverbs for today, Proverbs 12, and a couple of Psalms, because the day just flies by. Proverbs 12. New King James Bible. Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge. Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. A good man obtains favor from the Lord, but a man of wicked intentions he will condemn. A man is not established by wickedness. But the root of the righteous cannot be moved. An excellent wife is the crown of her husband, but she who causes shame is like rottenness in his bones. Note, if you give thanks for this any situation, the shield of love will protect you from cancer, from sickness and disease. In every situation that's eating your lunch, just start giving thanks and God will turn it into medicine to the best thing that ever happened to you. That's how powerful God is when a person gives thanks for a seemingly uh, bad situation in life. You don't have an excuse. We can protect ourselves and become like gold in any situation, in bills, credit cards. Don't let those credit cards get on your shoulders. Don't let the anger and the jealousy get on your shoulders. Thank God. Get on your knees and thank God. Act like it's a good thing on a daily basis. Oh, I thank you for my credit card debt. I thank you for my anger. I thank you for my gambling. I gamble the money for the rent again. Woo-hoo. Best thing that ever happened to me. Start giving thanks to God and and you we will input his righteousness, his right standing, his power, his wisdom, his answers to that situation. And one day, pop, it'll be out of you. It won't have control in us anymore. I experienced that. To have control is correction. And to con- to handle oneself is uh, building a castle. 
Bible. This is in the Bible. The thoughts of the righteous are right, but the counsel of the wicked are deceitful. The, the thoughts of the righteous are right. The words of the wicked are lie and wait for blood, but the mouth of the upright will deliver them. The wicked are overthrown and are no more, but the house of the righteous will stand. A man will be commended according to his wisdom, but he who is a perverse heart will be despised. Better is the one who is slighted but has a servant than he who honors himself but lacks bread. A righteous man regards the life of his animal, but the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. He who works his land will be satisfied with bread, but he who follows frivolity frivolity is devoid of understanding. The wicked covet the catch of evil men, but the root of the righteous yields fruit. The wicked is ensnared by the transgressions of his lips. Or you can say the stupid... But the righteous will come through from trouble. A man will be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth. And a man will be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth. And the recompense of a man's hands will be rendered to him. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he who heeds counsel is wise. A fool's wrath is known at once, but a prudent man covers shame. He who speaks truth declares righteousness, but a false witness deceit. There is one who speaks like the piercing of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. The truthful lips shall be established forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. Deceit is in the heart of those who devise evil, but counselors of peace have joy. No great trouble will overtake the righteous, but the wicked shall be filled with evil. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who deal truthfully are his delight. A prudent man conceals knowledge, but the heart of fools proclaim foolishness. The hand of the diligent will rule, but the lazy man will be put to forced labor. Anxiety in the heart of a man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. The righteous should choose his friends carefully, for the way of the wicked leads them astray. The lazy man does not roast what he took in honey, but diligence is man's more pre- man's precious possession. Again, the lazy man does not roast what he took in honey, but diligence is man's precious possession. I mean, give diligence a chance, man. Go to I go to sleep early. I try to give diligence a chance by be up by 4 a.m., shower to shave and ready to go by 5, stretched out, prayered up. We give diligence, up early a task, a chance to win us precious possessions. In the way of righteousness is life, and in the path there is no death. Seeking God we're on the right path. Let's go ahead and close this meeting with the Lord's Prayer, please. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, from all the evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So be it. Keep coming back, family. It's working. Welcome to today's reading of Limitless Love and Faith to Faith for November the 12th. Let's pray. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yes, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You have prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy and loving kindness shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. All right, Proverbs 16, verse 24. This is Gloria Copeland. The healthiest thing you can do. Pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul, and health to the bones. Proverbs 16, 24. Pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul, and health to the bones. Kind of interesting that we can uh, reach the soul, huh? These days, it seems like medical researchers are constantly discovering things we should eat or avoid eating and ways we can change our lifestyle so we can be healthy. Those things are fine and helpful. But if you really want to enjoy divine health, the best thing you can do is to re receive and obey the Word of God. Receive and obey the Word of God. Best thing that you can do. Personally, I am more interested in what God says about health and healing than what man says. He just knows more than they do. No one is more qualified than God to tell us how to keep our bodies well and in good working order. After all, He is the one who made them. According to God's medical journey, journal, which of course is the Bible, Walking and talking in love will not only bless your soul, it will promote health in your body. Rather than getting sick and having to go to God for healing all the time, if we walk and talk in love, we can live continually in divine health. John G. Lake, a minister who knew a great deal about the healing power of God, wrote, Healing is the removal by the power of God of the disease that has come upon the body. Divine health is to live day by day, hour by hour, in touch with God so that the life of God flows into the body just as the life of God flows into the mind or the spirit. Clearly, healing is good, but divine health is better since it comes by staying 
continually in touch with God. And the Bible tells us that when we abide in love, we abide in Him. We can, own, we can come to only one conclusion. Walking in love is one of the healthiest things we can do. The reverse, the reverse is also true. Yielding to unselfishness and unforgiveness or bitterness and speaking unkind words will not only contaminate our souls, it will eventually make our bodies sick. The Bible is full of warnings like the one in Proverbs 14.30. A sound heart is the life of the flesh, but envy the rottenness of the bones. You can stay free from these things, from those things by keeping your health filled with the Word of God. His words are good and pleasant. They always bring you a good report. And Proverbs 15.30 says, A good report makes the bones fat. So give your attention continually to God's word. Let it fill your heart and come out of your mouth in words of faith and love. Keep the pleasant words of God coming into and flowing out of you. That's the only that's the only to stay strong. The only way to stay strong, healthy and free, spirit, soul, and body. Gloria Copeland. And John G. Lake, his book on his life, his sermons, his boldness of faith. All right, now let's go ahead and do the... Uh, Daily Faith to Faith, Daily Reflections for November the 12th. It's called Open the Flow, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Disciplining the flesh. For many believers, that phrase stirs memories of frustration and failure. They know it's important. The Word of God clearly teaches that, but they're not sure exactly how to go about it. Some have given up shrugging off such discipline as impossible. Others are still fighting stubbornly to get their flesh under control and losing one battle after another. But it doesn't have to be that way. In fact, we can't afford to let it be that way. It will cost us too much. You and I are blessed to be part of the generation that will see the signs and wonders which the prophets of old wish they could have lived long enough to see. We will witness the Spirit of God pour out upon all flesh, but sin hinders the Spirit's flow, and only as we rid ourselves of it will the power and the glory of God be manifest through us. Only then we experience the glorious things that are prophesied to take place in our generation. Only then we will experience glorious things that have been prophesied to take place in our generation. So put our past failures behind us. Let us make sure that our minds are not going to let the sin of flesh rob us of the glory of God. 
It is possible to step out out of the sin we struggle with for so long and live under the Spirit's control. We look to Jesus. He will show us how. We praise Him and we thank Jesus for our failures. We thank Him and we give Him praise for our failures. Yes, thank Him for the negativity. He will arrest it and you got nothing to lose. Happy Veterans Day to all the veterans out there and any of the service arms like civil service, any other uh, programs and companies and functions that do service like the uh, Veterans uh, Housing Administration where they provide low loans for the veterans. Kudos for that and the veteran programs that they have in the colleges for the colleges that have that. I was involved with the civil service in San Diego and was given addresses to Navy, uh, every, every personnel that was in the armed forces. And I would go visit them and give them uh, opportunity to have discounts here and there and annuities for their uh, retirement. I did that and had a chance to visit with uh, and make a lot of friends in the uh, Marine base there in uh, Kearney Mesa in San Diego. So much so that it was visited the uh, the compound and got to ride in a tank, a 12-cylinder cat engine tank. And we were drunk, you know, and... Uh, don't worry, the tank did not have any shells in it, didn't have anything. All It, it was just for training purposes. Uh, we had a blast running through the, uh, through the training course. And I was, a, I was the guest and treated very fairly. So I'm going to read us a story today from Chicken Soup from the Veteran Soul, from Stories to Stir the Pride and Honor and the Courage of Our Veterans. So I want to thank you. Uh, wiggle Your Toes, this one's called The Warrior Spirit. My childhood years of various sports, including chasing a homemade wooden puck on roller skates up and down Central Street in South Philadelphia, had given me strong legs and a healthy body that were prepared to endure and respond quickly. When I was wounded seriously in action, I didn't accept my condition of paralysis as permanent, although it did make life more complicated. But I wondered how to explain this condition to people back home, especially mom and dad, who only knew me as a happy-go-lucky smiling kid who was nonstop on my pins. What about telling Grace, brother John, and his wife Jean, and a lot of friends and relatives back in the States? And was there any solution to the problem of depending on others to do everything? Thoughts like these were another set of challenges to add to my new physical weaknesses. Charlie was one of the first to ease the situation. He had a friendly smile on his face all day long and frequently came across the aisle to talk to me. 
Charlie was the source of most information and always knew what was going on in the ward. Charlie was the first who told me about the patient who was five or six beds from me. By twisting and turning my head and trunk, I could see the mass of bandages that Charlie said was Captain McCarthy. They kept McCarthy close to the nurse's station where he could get special attention when it was needed. Charlie explained that the captain was a tank commander who had survived a fiery explosion when his tank was hit by the enemy. The captain climbed out of the tank with two broken legs and literally ran on fire 30 to 50 yards from the burning vehicle. His body and head were severely burned. Something about that still white bandage form made me count my blessings despite my lifeless legs. Charlie seemed to know everything about everyone in the ward. But even Charlie was surprised to see an unfamiliar, pretty, and smiling young nurse enter the ward early one morning. The lady smiled as she proceeded along the center aisles, unruffled by the patient's whistles and greetings. I pushed myself up on my elbows as high as I could and stretched my neck to see what the commotion was all about. By the time I could see the nurse, she had steered right toward my bed. She carried what looked like an, an elongated birdcage with no bottom and an electric ball rig inside its top. The nurse lieutenant introduced herself as Penny, a physical therapist, and placed a carefully folded sheet of, at the foot of my bed. It didn't take Charlie long to find his way to my bed. After all, what are ward buddies for? He greeted the attractive nurse and told her I was not the, the one who needed therapy, but he, that he, Charlie, was in dire need. Anyway, he said, I outrank him. Penny laughed this off and turning to me, said she would come in every day at about the same time hour to spend some time helping me get those legs working again. This was the first time anyone had suggested such a possibility. While I had no idea what physical therapy was, I was delighted, especially with the thoughts of this new friend coming to see me. At her own invitation, I especially relished the idea of Charlie standing by, greeing with envy, watching her in action. The first treatment began immediately. Nurse Penny uncovered my legs and placed the birdcage contraption over them. She covered it with a sheet and plugged it in, light, lighting, lightening the bulb. It wasn't long before I felt the warmth. Penny told me she would be back in about 30 minutes. Once again, she flashed her pretty therapeutic smile and left. What a moral builder, and I was responsible for it. Things were looking up. Penny's vicious and the birdcage application were always followed by hand massaging that began with my feet, following by my legs. This kind of treatment both overwhelmed and embarrassed me at first. I was always the center of attention in the ward as long as Penny was there. Next, Nurse Penny touched each toe or pointed to it as she coaxed me to work hard at thinking about moving it. Think, Scotty, think. Move, she urged. Eventually, she was joined by the rest of the ward. Charlie's raspy voice Generally in the lead, the battle cry was, Wiggle your toes, Scotty. Wiggle your toes, Scotty. 
It seemed the whole ward, myself included, was fully devoted to talking my toes into moving. This was a battle, not unlike combat, where mind and will joined together against the enemy, a motionless pair of big toes. Penny was there the day I first wiggled my left big toe. She watched eagerly as the toe slowly bent downward under its own power, then moved up. As word spread around the ward about the victory, Charlie led those nearby in a big cheer. I had no doubt that Penny's coaching and unfailing cheerfulness were a big part of my recovery. Her presence in the ward did wonders for all of us. I learned before leaving England that Penny's sweetheart was a young pilot missing in action, but if she was down, she never let it show. Once the challenge of the big toe had been met, it was followed by major improvements in moving my left foot and leg. The right foot proved more difficult. My right toes were obstinate and still are 55 years later. Even so, after a month of help with learning to walk again, I was able to shed my crutches, but I had never shed my memory of the lovely nurse who dedicated so to work her inspired me, my recovery, and turned a group of wounded soldiers into an unlikely cheerleading section. I still have to smile when I picture them all shouting loud enough to shake the walls. Wiggle your toes, Scotty! Wiggle those toes! That's an order! By Walter W. Scott. Beautiful, beautiful story.